You're listening to The Semi-Failed Writer. This is a new show about my life experiences, my love for entertainment, and of course, my failures. Let's play ball. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Semi-Failed Writer. It's a Monday. I took the day off um, because I can. So I'm here with you right now doing another episode. I'm going to try to keep doing this as long as I can. Um, It was a sports-filled weekend for me in particular. Uh, First of all, this weekend um, we had the Australian Open Finals. For anybody who doesn't know, that's for tennis, one of the big matches of the the whole year. Sophia Kennan, a 21-year-old American, uh, won her first ever title, and that was pretty incredible to watch. It was actually very fun just to see her go through it. And if you follow it, you wouldn't have thought that she was going to win it, because there's she was 14th seated, so there was a lot of people above her that could have just as easily won it. But um, congratulations to her. I followed a little more closely the men's tournament, and so Novak Djokovic won his 85th Australian Open on Sunday. Yeah, I'm totally happy about that. So the thing is, it's in Australia. There's like a, I think a 17, 19 hour time difference. And so they were actually showing the match live at 1230 in the morning locally. I could have done one of two things. I could have just watched it. I could have just right then and there stayed up late. Or I could have recorded it and, you know, gotten up early in the morning and just watched right through it, skip commercials and everything. I decided to go with the former and it was exciting at times. And then other times I was kind of disappointed. I did that. I wanted Dominic team to win. I really wanted him to get his first grand slam title, but he had me staying up till five in the morning just to watch him lose in five sets. And not only that, I had to get up about three hours later so that I could start preparing for the Super Bowl party we were doing. So, Thanks a lot, guys. I didn't get much sleep on Sunday because, like I said, Super Bowl, too. We also had, you know, an event that everybody probably in the entire world is watching. Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl over the San Francisco 49ers, and it was pretty glorious. Um, I felt a little bad because there were some good friends of mine that are 49ers fans, but I secretly had to, you know, contain my excitement. I, I was very happy. Um, Patrick Mahomes, one of the greats right now. I've been following him since he was uh, in college at Texas Tech, and we just knew that he was going to do some great things. I had a feeling that he could win a Super Bowl. I just wasn't expecting it to happen so soon. So that that was pretty awesome. So that that was a highlight there that he won. The other thing I want to bring about as far as sports goes, since we're on the topic, um, about a week ago, we were all very, very surprised at the, the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, Gianna, and uh, seven others who were on a helicopter. Everybody has put forth their opinions on it. I have the opportunity to do so right now, so I'm just going to. I couldn't help but get emotional. I'm just hearing all the tributes just pour out for the guy, and I think a lot of it was, you know, deserved. I mean, he touched a lot of lives. Um, I know there's been people having more difficulty totally revering the guy, obviously because of 
you know, some poor decisions he made in 2003 in Colorado. But um, I think there's two basic facts there that I think we can all agree on when we're talking about this guy. First of all, he was a transcendent athlete and his popularity went beyond sports. It wasn't just basketball. Um, he was a humanitarian. He was, um, I don't know, man of the world. He knew like three other languages and it was pretty incredible to kind of hear that too. Um, I was seeing tributes pour out from people I didn't expect, like um, people in other sports and soccer and tennis and baseball, they all had a connection to him. Uh, the Israeli prime minister, a world leader was giving his condolences and that was um, saying something about the work that he did. The other fact about this is that this all was, this was tragic all around. This accident, it hurt. None of those people that were on that plane should not have died so soon. You had three teenage girls in there. That's really heartbreaking to know that all these milestones, all these things that they would have had the potential to do in their future, they will never be able to. The families that they left behind have got to be in so much pain right now. I cannot even imagine. Um, even Kobe, he... He had, after his retirement in basketball, he had so much opportunity to do so many great things. And he started to do that. He was doing a lot of philanthropic work. He was helping with his uh, daughter's basketball, encouraging other girls to go after their dreams in sports. I, I, I'm sure there's other things too, but um, it's unfortunate that he will not be able to continue those endeavors. It's It's up to the rest of us to be able to kind of carry on that torch and do good for others because he no longer can. Now we're going to transition from talking about all these elite athletes to me. Since I've been on a sports related theme here, I feel like uh, the episode that I want to do today is going to be about sports, particularly um, the first sport that I ever played in my life, which is uh, softball. I was having a hard time figuring out the format that I wanted to tell this story because this happened so long ago. I have not played softball in such a long time. And so a lot of my memories are a bit fuzzy. So I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to focus mainly on the highlight of my uh, short-lived softball career and about a tournament that I played at when I was a young girl. And then I'll deviate and, and talk about some other random things that I remember. Um, so I started softball really early. I think I was about maybe seven years old at the time, and they have this summer league in my hometown where uh, they have, uh, I think, up to like a teenager, like anybody who is from age seven to 14 or something. See, I'm already fuzzy. I just don't remember the age limits. But I know that's when I started. I don't remember who decided that I was going to do it, but my parents love softball. They thought it'd be a good activity for me to do to stay busy in the summer, so they signed me up. I can't entirely remember if this is what happened, but I'm just going to say it did. I think what they did, whenever everybody was done signing up, and then they had the adults who volunteered to coach, then they were going to do a draft. I think we were all there in a field getting drafted, where the coaches were actually calling out our names. 
which when you think about it now, that kind of would have been uh, embarrassing if you were one of the last ones to get picked. I don't know, but I don't remember getting picked last because uh, we had to do these tryouts ahead of time. They were doing scouting. We we're all doing like our fielding and our batting, and I think I did okay. Now, as far as position goes on the field, I had my hand on different things. They had me try pitching. I was not great. I tried, you know, fielding. I think I was okay there too, but ultimately I think I ended up as a catcher. There's a big reason why. Um, there was this one girl who was actually the best pitcher in, out of everybody there, and she had this really wicked fast pitch and it was crazy too because in fast pitch fast pitch softball if you ever watch it on tv you see those girls doing like the windmill wind up where the arm just goes all the way up and around and then they do the release and it's crazy to see like the amount of speed they can put on that this girl didn't have to do that she just like swung her arm just back and then up forward and it was just as effective and so I don't remember if this first year that I did it, but for sure the next season, I was her designated catcher, mainly because I was willing to withstand those pitches that were coming at me because they were hard. Like they would hurt if you got hit by one of those. I was, I, I I'm going to bring this up over and over. I look back on it. I was thinking at the time that I was super awesome, but then I knew that I was not and I could have done better. So this is one of the instances I had my catcher's mitt. And whenever I would catch it, I would catch the ball on the palm of the glove. And so it actually hit my hand and it hurt bad. And so I had to get extra padding so that I could kind of withstand the, the impact of it all. And I think there's like old video footage of me at a tournament where we're doing warmups and I'm catching her pitches and then I would throw it back and then I would take a moment to take my hand, my left hand out of the glove and it just kind of shake it a little bit to kind of get rid of the pain. Now that's a dumb thing to do because think of what a glove looks like, all right? You've got like this mitt and you've got the palm, right? What do you think all that extra stuff that extends outside the fingers are for? That's where you're supposed to catch the ball. And I don't know why I didn't even think to train myself to just catch it that way. It would have made my life so much easier. But enough about that. I was her catcher. That's where I excelled. I was decent at hitting. I, I really enjoyed, you know, that first year that I was playing softball. I don't think our team won the, we didn't win the entire league. We didn't get first place, but this was something that I remembered from my first season doing this. We'd have all the girls back on the field. They do a huge trophy presentation. And then at the end of it, they had to decide the all-star team. So I'm assuming it was the coaches that voted, um, but there was a tournament that would be held out of town, and so they needed to pick the best girls from all our our hometown to decide who's going to represent us in this competition. And so they announced all these different names, all these people that kind of made sense that they would be in it. Some of them is a little bit of nepotism because their mother or father coached, and so they got to be on the team. My name did not get called. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that that was something that I could have, you know, worked towards when it happened. But once I knew, I decided, you know, I want to get better. I really like this. I think it'd be cool to, to be a part of a team like this and get to compete further. I wanted to keep playing. 
So I knew that the next year I wanted to be on the all-star team. Let's fast forward a year. I did work a little bit more. I was there at practice. I made myself useful by being this one girl's pitcher. So it was like I had an advantage that no one else had. Um, And our team, we got first place. Like overall, we had a solid team. And so then we had the trophy presentation. There's all these names being called to be in the all-star game or the all-star team. And I got called. And I was super excited. I was like, yes, I did it. I knew I was good. I knew it was better than all these fools. Um, and so then now this is where it gets serious. So we have like additional practices with these new girls that we've never played with before. These were our opponents. These are people we were up against. But I don't remember there being any animosity. Like we weren't hating each other just because we were on another team. It was just, I think people didn't take it as seriously as I did. They were all just having fun. But yeah, we were practicing with this new group of people. And then we go to uh, the town. It's called San Angelo. And I would understand if you didn't ever hear of that town before. But we were competing against these other small towns. And I don't remember the name of the official uh, tournament or organization that this was under. I just knew we were kind of going against the best of the best. I remember we only lost one game to a really good team that we'd never been able to beat before. And I don't know what the format was. It was probably round robin. And then from there you go into like a a bracket, a single elimination. But somehow we were under this sweltering hot sun. Um, We stayed in the tournament for the most part. And then we made it to the bracket. And then we beat everybody that that we were faced against and we made it to the championship game it was only one game not a best of three or anything like that one game winner take all and so this is the memory i remember vividly and i know for sure there's videotape of this because i saw this here's where i felt like i had like the highlight of my life as far as softball goes so it's the first inning i'm pretty sure i was like third i was second or third in the lineup and the pitcher for this other team, she had that crazy windup. She did the windmill, um, and it was kind of intimidating to go up against that. But somehow, I think after one or two pitches, I made contact. I remember the ball just flying over the first baseman's head, and then I just start running. It goes all the way into the outfield, just line drive. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. I get to third, I'm winding the base, And the ball gets thrown and the catcher, she misses it. And so I was like, that's my opportunity. But then I stopped because this girl was amazingly good defensively. She gets that ball. She recovers quickly. And so I have to stay. I got a triple. But I remember the crowd going crazy for me and just super excited that I I got on base. And um, I'm getting this, this whole thing started. We're just on our way to victory right here. And then the batter right after me, she hits a ball. And I score. And I don't remember anything else in the game. I just know that we did our part with all the runs. The good pitcher, she did her part striking everybody out. And I was able to, you know, be able, be able to be on the defensive. And we won. It was the greatest thing ever. And it was, I was so excited that we did this. Now, this is where things just start going to wrong right after that. And it's kind of crazy thinking about it now. Oh, by the way, one thing I did want to bring up, I was telling you there's a video of this whole tournament somewhere. 
afterwards, when this was all over, I saw video of it and I could have ran around the bases and got an infield home run, but I was slow. I was looking at how I was running and I would, I knew I was trying to go as fast as I can, but whenever you see me running around, it's like I'm jogging. I can't go any faster. It's kind of embarrassing that I didn't have the uh, physical ability to, to sprint across these bases, which is unfortunate. But I mean, that's, that was how I was built. So can't do anything about it now. So after the championship, we're all getting ready for the trophy presentation. Now, the first thing that went wrong, though, is that we were going up these bleachers and you got to do the traditional like Gatorade toss, like the ice water toss on the coach. It hit me instead. I think I was standing in front of the coach as we were going up bleachers or something and some idiot, I don't remember who it was, some idiot decided to pour the Gatorade over to hit the coach, but like 75% of it hit me. So I'm just soaking wet. It's really uncomfortable. And because of that, I look different from the rest of my team because they're all still in their outfits and uniforms and they're still dry. I'm not. So now I'm just waiting on this trophy presentation and I'm soaking wet. Um, but what they also do, this trophy presentation, we get our first place. Yay, we're all excited. They do an all-tournament team. And I was thinking that I was going to be on the all-tournament team just because I had this one amazing hit. Also because I felt I was the super awesome catcher to this girl who was really good. Now my pitcher, she was the MVP, rightfully so. But I didn't make the all-tournament team. And I believe I cried. I'm pretty sure I cried because I was thought it was unfair and... I don't understand. I did this one thing and that should have like been enough to qualify. I, it, it made no sense. I look back on it now and obviously I didn't deserve to be on tournament team. For one, looking back at these videos and I remember this now, this pitcher would throw a lot of wild pitches at me and I would always miss them. I wouldn't be good defensively to like try to get down on the ground to try to stop a ball from skidding past me or they would fly somewhere else and I didn't have the reach for it and I remember a lot of the times having to turn my back around to go and get the ball and throw it back the umpires behind me had to help me a lot of times to get this and that's not a quality of a really good catcher so that was the main thing also with the hitting I had this one amazing hit in the championship but I think I was okay the rest of it. I wasn't doing home runs. I wasn't hitting all these bombers at the at the outfield or anything like that. So when I think about it now, that makes sense. But I don't know where I got this sense of entitlement that I was one of the best players out there. I guess I was just looking for something to be excited about. So after the tournament's over, there's one other thing that we get, not just a trophy. We get these awesome... I don't know, they're like bomber jackets. But not only that, they're like the most neon pink you will ever see. It turns out that the uh, local team, the All-Stars from the previous year, they won this tournament. They won that tournament the first time. So this was like a two-peat. They already had these jackets, but now I got one. And I think I need to contact my mom because I still have this jacket. I'm going to have her take some pictures and I'll post it, but... As an eight-year-old, it's probably the coolest thing you think you'd ever wear. You would never wear anything like that now. 
but it had like my name embroidered on the front. It had this giant outline of Texas in the back and it had a big softball and it said national champions. Still, I don't know who was regulating this whole tournament, but I didn't care. I could call myself a national champion. I wore that jacket for a good two years and I think I outgrew it or something and I didn't wear it anymore. I just felt it was kind of awkward. But the other thing I remember too is we had a local radio station and they uh, took us out of class so that we could go over here and we were going to do an interview. Now as an eight-year-old, this was like a big deal. You get to be on the radio. Um, that's not something you do every day. And so there was a handful of us and we were waiting and the, the guy who was doing the show had each of us come up one by one and we just gave our thoughts about how we felt about being in the tournament and playing the sport and everything. It was pretty incredible. Now, beyond that, there's not much else I remember about playing softball. Again, it was just so fuzzy. We never got to that tournament ever again, or we never won it. I think I got to go back as an all-star a few times, a few times I didn't, but we never had that same amount of success as we did that one year that I was eight. I'm trying to think what else I remember from my years in softball. Just a lot of random stuff. And I don't know why these are the, the highlights that I, I can think of at the top of my head. I remember one time I was with the team and of course we have spare time to go do other stuff. And so we all together as a team went to the movie theaters and we watched Angels in the Outfield. Love that movie. Love it. Um, and it makes sense to go because it was kind of baseball related. I ate so much food at these tournaments. You ever been to like a Golden Corral or a buffet place? Something, I don't know if they still do this, but you could get the buffet, but then you could also get a meal on top of the buffet. And I don't know why they paid for it, but I ate it all as a young kid. It makes sense now why I was so chubby and I still can't get the weight off as I used to, but I ate a lot of food. That was, they had no right to give me all that food. Uh, the popularity of the fast pitch softball in my hometown also went down because uh, I guess it's a little more competitive or something. People weren't interested in doing the fast pitch. So eventually they tried to shift it. And so they made it a slow pitch league. It's the exact same thing, like the same field that you play on, same rules, same equipment. The only difference is you're just floating it. Like in rookie of the year, the kid just floats it it kind of makes it easy, easier for the rest of us to, to hit the ball. And in doing so, when we did slow pitch, there was this team from a bigger city that was trying to recruit people to be on their team to compete like nationally. And I got a chance to, to try out. And so they were teaching me these new ways how to like hit the ball and they had me do some fielding and some other stuff. And I eventually made the team. But then the problem was, I think the timing of the tournaments was going to be the same time I'd have to go to band camp. And I think it was going to cost me a few hundred dollars to be on the team. And I wish they told me all this stuff before I even decided to try out. Cause I was so bummed that I couldn't be on this team. Like if I'd known ahead of time, Oh, well you get to try out, you get to be on this team. Here are the dates. I could have said ahead of time, sorry, I can't do it. Or I don't have the money. Um, I also tried to learn how to, do the windmill pitch. I always wanted to be the pitcher and I couldn't because I just 
I was trying to teach myself. I think there was like some backboard or something that my mom placed on the wall. And I would go out there for quite some time to try to practice the pitching. I'm surprised I didn't break a window because I was very erratic. And whenever I would try to do the windmill pitch, I would also keep hitting the back of my leg. For some reason, I couldn't, you know, get the angle right so that I'm releasing the ball to go forward. It just kept hitting me in the back of my thigh. No one, I think people were trying to teach me the technique and I could just never get it. And I, I couldn't pitch. I know this is all random. I don't know if this all is meshing well, but you know, this is my podcast. This, this is something I gotta, I gotta work with. Um, I haven't played softball. I think the last time I did, I was in college. They had intramurals and I think with most things, you feel like you're great at it in the beginning and then you kind of lose a lot of that if you just don't continue to, to work on it. And I think that was the case here. Um, it was fun to get to know people in my dorm and not feel so much a weirdo because I was like isolating myself from them a lot because I was doing other stuff in college. But I was getting along with them great. Um, but I couldn't hit the ball as strongly as I used to. I think I could field okay. I think I still have those hand-eye coordination skills that I could catch the ball. I could throw the ball but we didn't win any tournaments or anything there. Here's some things that I learned about softball though, ever since I was playing it as a kid. But this is things that I didn't realize they were uh, important until much later in life. So first of all, I brought up that I felt entitled whenever I was thinking that I should have deserved more recognition playing softball and in the tournament. I didn't realize how arrogant I became with certain things. Like I had this jacket that I wore everywhere. I was thinking that I was always deserving to be on the all-star team. And I kind of had that mentality for other things that I'd have achieved when I was in school. And I was thinking that this confidence in my brain, I was thinking, wow, I feel good that I could accomplish things. I feel important. I didn't realize that was coming off everybody else as, you know, this girl is conceited. This girl needs to shut up. I'm tired of hearing her brag about all these things that she thinks she's so good at. It took a while for me to understand that that was kind of how it was coming off. And I feel bad about it now. I don't know. I think that's how it started was with softball. But I don't know why I took that approach when thinking about, you know, this arrogance that I had. I really don't. But I wish I didn't behave that way. Um, I've definitely been humbled ever since then. Um, but it was just really interesting that I kind of picked that up during this sport. I wish I knew what the cause of it was. But I guess I never know. Here's the other thing that I learned about being in softball. And I think this is more important too. When I was a kid, something happened when I was around five or six where I just got incredibly shy. I had a hard time talking to other kids. I was always afraid of getting in trouble. I was being a, a total recluse. The other thing too, I was living in a house that was like outskirts of town. I didn't have any neighbors. And so I was having to entertain myself a lot because um, also I had older brothers that were already out of the house. So no one really to keep me entertained. I had to do it myself. So my mom took it upon herself to sign me up for some stuff. So she got me involved in some other activities with the church. Um, 
She got me involved in Girl Scouts, and softball was another thing too. And it was cool that I got into it because uh, I had a competitive streak that I didn't know that I had before, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being competitive and trying to better myself every day. And of course, the friendships. I was talking to these other different girls. We could be from the same side of town. We could be uh, another part of town. We would never normally talk to each other in school. But from what I remember, I kind of enjoyed some of the friendships I had. I've been in other team sports where it didn't feel like we were together with each other. But in SAPA, we have the chance that we do. I'm not going to say any of those right now, but we had the chance. We'd always be like cheering for each other when we go up to bat. We'd applaud each other if we made a great catch or a great play. I remember nothing but positivity. There might have been a few tempers that flared, but I don't remember those specifically. I remember the good parts of it. I don't know if there's a softball league here, if they do co-ed. I'm sure there is. I don't know how to get into it. I don't know if I'll ever get back into softball. Um, but that was the biggest thing for me in doing it. I know I'm never going to be this amazing athlete. I would like to get more into, you know, get more physical activity out there. But I'm in here for the connections. And I think that's the best thing that I ever got from, from softball. Uh, before I go, I do want to do a follow-up to the last episode that I did. A couple of weeks ago, I had my husband on the show with me, and we did a full movie review of Rudy. Um, that was an important film in my life and for a lot of other people, specifically if they went to the University of Notre Dame. And I asked you guys to give me some reactions, and I want to thank you for uh, just at least listening in. I'm, I, I noticed I got some people that gave me some response to it and I appreciate it. I'm going to share the two responses that I got from people um, about the episode. So the first one is actually from my brother-in-law. He sent me a text after hearing the episode and he said, yeah, Ned Beatty's most iconic cinema moment is getting butt raped in Deliverance. That far outshines being the voice of Lotso. <laughs> So we did our uh, also known as segment and we were talking about like the most iconic role that these actors have played in. And so when we brought up Ned Beatty, my husband brought up Lotso from Toy Story 3. Full disclosure, I still have yet to see Deliverance. Uh, I'm fully aware of what that movie's about. I know that scene that my brother-in-law was talking about specifically, but I just didn't re remember that up front when we were talking about Ned Beatty. So I think that was a good, that was a good, uh, character to bring up too. Uh, the other response I got, and I'm going to pull that up right now. Uh, my friend Brian sent a comment. He actually is an alum of Notre Dame. We both were there relatively the same time. We're about two years apart. So I know him very well. And this is what he said about the episode. He says, great listen, Leticia. Full disclosure, I listen to all of my podcasts at one and a half times speed because I have so many to listen to. So if anything is lost on the translation listening to you both talk faster, I apologize. Smiley face emoji. I think you should include, I think you should have included Chelsea Ross, who played Dan Devine, in the first section, just to mention his many other ridiculous roles, such as Eddie Harris in Major League and Conrad Hilton in Madman. Anyway, welcome to my subscription feed. Thank you, Brian. I'm glad you're listening to this. Um, Yes, Chelsea Ross. I was thinking of including him, but I didn't want to add too many names. But I definitely 
remember him well as Eddie on Major League. The dude using Crisco to help with his pitching and snot and other disgusting stuff. I have not seen Mad Men either, so I'm not sure how well he plays uh, Conrad Hilton, but I'm sure it's amazing. This was funny though. I was really expecting with some of the reactions people would talk about their experience watching the movie. Um, I was kind of expecting to hear people that went to Notre Dame and how that influenced their view of the movie. Yet both of these reactions, I know it's a small sample size, but the only reaction I got was about my also known as section. Nothing else, just what these other actors have done in their lifetime. I don't know what that says. I guess there's some success behind that segment, which is good because I'm going to continue to do that, but I don't know how the other uh, segments flow, if they're good or bad. I guess we'll find out because I'm going to continue to do them. I was very happy with the way that we did that episode. I enjoyed doing it with my husband, so I'll probably have him on again sometime. But that was a really fun one to do, so I look forward to doing more. So that's all I have for today. If any of you have any sports-related stories, if you have any opinions on what I've talked about today, please send me an email at semifailedwriter at gmail.com. I also have got a blog. I started updating it. I'm also putting some additional notes from things I couldn't put on the podcast, and that's at semifailedwriter.com. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Have a good week, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care.